0: Peter Dugan here, and welcome to the podcast. If you like what we're doing here at From the Top, please consider making a contribution to our efforts at fromthetop.org. We are a lean, independent nonprofit and would be ever so grateful for your help. Thanks so much, friend. Enjoy the show. From NPR.
1: It's From the Top.
0: Celebrating the power of
2: music.
1: In the hands of America's kids.
0: Happy surprises. That's a theme running through today's From the Top. I'm pianist Peter Dugan, your host, and I'll be helping you unwrap these joyful audio surprises all show long. Like, you're going to meet Noah Carver, a talented teenage tenor from Maine who's blind and absolutely shocked me when he told me that he's an avid downhill skier. You'll meet Ellen Foreman, a 16-year-old pianist from Texas who's surprising for her ability to understand and present music in its historical context. She recorded with us at Texas Public Radio's Malou and Carlos Alvarez Theater in San Antonio. A big thank you to them for hosting our Texas in-person recordings today. And our first performer, well, actually, I had a surprise for him. His name is Samuel Ebo. He's a 16-year-old violinist from Bernie, Texas. And here's how that surprise went down. Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you, and welcome to the From the Top family, my friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would you please introduce the piece that we're about to play together?
3: We will be playing the Fantasy No. 1 by Florence Price.
0: And before we begin, I do have a little surprise for you. I hope you're okay with the tiny little surprise? Yeah, definitely. Okay, it's a message from somebody in your life, somebody who reflects your unusual beginnings in music. Here it
4: is. Hey, Sam, it's Nikki. (gasps) I am so excited for you to be playing on from the top. You deserve this so much. And um, it's just going to be an amazing experience. (laughs) And, you know, just give it your all and you're going to be amazing. Sending lots of love.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's so nice. She's your big fan.
3: That means so much to me. And I can't believe that you guys
0: arranged this. And I'm so grateful. Well... Nikki's a big fan of yours. She's also a From the Top alum, just like you are now. We're going to find out more about Nikki and her role in your unusual musical journey in just a bit. But first, let's you and I make some music, shall we? Yes. Sam, when you're ready, let's take this From the Top. 16-year-old violinist Samuel Ebo from Bernie, Texas, performed Fantasy No. 1 by Florence Price. Peter Dugan here, and I had the joy of collaborating with Sam over on the piano. You bring so much passion to that piece, Sam. I can tell that you just love playing it. Yes, absolutely. Let's go back for a minute to the surprise that I gave you just before you played that well-wishing recording uh, from... Nikki Nagavi. I want to hear more about who she is, but to get there, first tell me the story of how you began in music, because it wasn't actually that long ago, right? Yes, actually um, I
3: had started playing violin at 12 years old, and at the time I had no idea what music was or the concepts um, of violin. I didn't know what classical music was. Um, I had only heard it um, in my school classrooms. Mm-hmm. And so I never like fully uh, conceptualized what it meant to be a classical musician. Mm-hmm. And until I heard a recording of Itzhak Perlman playing mm-hmm. the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, mm-hmm. it just immediately brought so much emotion um, that I had never felt before. And I played that video on repeat like four times because I was just so enraptured by the music that he was making. And I was like, I want to do that too. I want to inspire audiences just like he did. And so it took mm-hmm. quite a while for my parents to um, let me play violin um, because I my parents are mostly academic and mm. I've been... Um, really pushed towards the academic route all my life and so it took a bit of convincing for my parents to let me play I was first like self-taught for um, about a year and I had listened to um, YouTube recordings um, watch different um, like violinists how they play and that was sort of the basis for my like my technique and that's so
0: that's so unusual I mean yeah definitely usually we think of Really, really little kids going to being forced to go study with the teacher. So how does Nikki Nagavi play into this story? So there is an organization
3: that um, Nikki and her fellow um, NEC and Harvard students founded called through the staff organization, which gives kids who are either um, unable to fund private music lessons or are not in the areas that provide classical music lessons, to be able to study and thrive in music. Wonderful, so you started taking lessons with her virtually through that organization? Yes, I studied with her um, all of last year, um, mm-hmm. and she like truly transformed my playing um, until Great. I was able to um, get funding and get an in-person teacher here. I know you have
0: some really insightful thoughts about the idea of opening yourself up to let others help you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, were you resistant to that at first
3: I definitely was because I was like oh this like self-taught thing is working out pretty well like I didn't really see the outside scope of like what really outside training like having that training can really do for you um and so I was kind of like in my own mind like oh I'm doing pretty well by myself I don't need a teacher or anything Uh um and that kind of changed very fast when I started working with Nikki and I saw the benefits and the growth that you can experience when you're really working with somebody that um, really cares about you and that can really help you. Yeah. And of course, now you're studying with yet another from the top alone. Yes. (laughs) Who's that? Um, Eric Grotz. um, He is the uh, current concert master of the San Antonio Symphony. Yeah. He was on our
0: show in the early days. uh, Yes. From the top. I understand that now you yourself are finding ways to give back. Yes. I give
3: free private lessons um, at the middle school and at my, um, town, at, at my high school um, and like kind of passing that along and paying it forward in like my community, and that's been really inspiring for me and for everybody else that I've kind of
0: interacted with. You know, to hear you talk about how meaningful your relationship with your mentors have been, is beautiful to hear but then to now hear that you have become a mentor for other younger violinists is just that's the icing on the cake what a wonderful young man you are what a great musician and a great human being it's such a pleasure to to know you sam thank you thank you so much samuel ebo 16 years old from bernie texas
5: for the last 15 years From the Top and the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Peter.
0: Thanks, Joanne. We're going to enjoy some Polish music now, performed by a pianist from San Antonio, Texas. Her name is Ellen Foreman, and she's 16 years old. Ellen, thanks for being here.
1: I'm so excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, I can't wait for this performance. Will you introduce the piece we're about to hear, who the composer is, and a little bit about where this music comes from?
1: Yes, so the piece you're about to hear is by Garzina Bacewicz. She was a 20th century Polish composer, and she was also a very talented violinist. She was actually the concertmaster of the Polish radio orchestra, but she was also quite a capable pianist. In fact, she gave the premiere of this sonata um, back in the early 1950s. So her works are also like this piece are very uh, pianistic. They fit quite well under the fingers.
0: And what kinds of influences should we be listening for in this music?
1: So one of the most interesting things about the piece is that she manages to integrate the theme from the Polish oberek, which is one of the five national folk dances of Poland. Oh. I have a clip of the folk music version of the oberek, and it's performed by the Nova Huta Song and Dance Ensemble in Krakow.
0: Right. So that's the Oberek dance in its folk form. But Batsevich is not exactly staying true to that traditional version. Let's hear how it's going to sound in the piece you're about to play. Nice. I I hear it. I hear that underlying dance. It's the same same feel. That's great. It's so playful, too.
1: Yes, she definitely gives it this kind of modern twist, but still has the same liveliness as the original folk version.
0: Great. Well, let's hear this. Whenever you're ready, you can take it from the top. ¶¶ Ellen Foreman, 16 years old from San Antonio, Texas, performed the Toccata from the Sonata No. 2 by Grashina Batsevich. Wow, that was stunning. I mean, you came in here yesterday when we met, and, uh, you know, you're such a just sweet and rather soft-spoken individual when I first met you. But you just unleashed an inner monster in the best possible way. Uh, you you just tore it up. That was amazing to, to see your fire, your energy.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I think this may be the first time that we've ever featured the music of Vatsavich on this show, but you like sharing lesser-known music, right? Uh, why, why is that?
1: Um, well, I think every composer deserves to have some recognition, but um, especially female composers that just don't get a voice in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of it as a great opportunity, actually, that they're... Um, like their works haven't been explored as much because that Mm -hmm. kind of gives me the chance to add a little bit of my own personality to their work. So I'm just really happy to be able to bring their work into the spotlight.
0: At your young age, you actually won a fellowship to explore the work of a lesser appreciated composer. Who did you choose and what did you do?
1: Yes, I was selected as the Adams Music House Fellowship winner, and I chose um, Karol Szymanowski. And what I basically did in my lecture recital was explore how his style evolved, basically through three different time periods. Mm. And so I chose to play three different pieces, of course, to fit into those time periods. And I discussed how they kind of like fit into the styles of other composers as well.
0: You've talked about two Polish composers today, but I want you to talk about one more and that would be Frederick Chopin. Uh, because recently you gave a performance of his first ballade that I know had huge meaning for you. Would you tell me a little bit about that experience?
1: Absolutely. I actually started learning that piece basically on the day um, the pandemic started affecting my city, like the day the schools kind of closed. And yeah. it was at that point, like three weeks later, that I realized, oh, this is going to last for a long time. So at that moment, I decided that the first time that I get to really play again, I want to play this piece.
0: Right. So then, you know, years went by amazingly. Did you has, did you get your moment to perform it for, for live?
1: Yes, I did. After many Zoom recitals, I finally got to play it at the festival finale recital, the Texas State International Piano Festival, and actually got oh. to close the recital. So that's a really special memory to me.
0: What was going on in your mind or in your heart when you finally got to have that live performance of that I piece. Was just,
1: I was just like, I've got to play with all my heart. Like, Music really is the thing that gives you hope. And it was that being able to perform that piece that really gave me the hope and also to continue like playing, even with the uncertainty of not knowing if everything would go back to normal again.
0: Yeah. Well, your music um, will continue to give so many people hope. Um, Thank you. Through, throughout your lifetime, it's a great gift that you have. Thanks for sharing it with us today. Thank you. Ellen Foreman, 16 years old, from San Antonio, Texas.
5: If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org.
0: Pianist Peter Dugan here, and we'll move now from the rigorously modern music that Ellen performed to music from the Baroque period designed to melt your cares away, quite literally. We're going to hear a song by Henry Purcell sung by an 18-year-old baritone from Beals, Maine. His name is Noah Carver, and he's one of our Jack Kent Cooke Young Artists. Noah, it's so wonderful to be with you.
6: Thank you for having me, and it is a pleasure to be here on From the Top.
0: Would you kindly introduce what you'll be singing, and also tell us who's joining you at the piano?
6: So what I'm singing is Music for a While by Henry Purcell, and joining me will be uh, Gary Magby who is my voice teacher and also my accompanist.
0: It's a gorgeous piece. I can't wait to hear you sing it. Whenever you're ready, take it from the top, my friend. 18-year-old tenor Noah Carver from Beals, Maine sang Music for a While by Henry Purcell. At the piano was Gary Magby. Noah, you certainly beguiled my cares as I sat and listened to you. Just then, you have such a clear and pure sound. It's just perfect for this repertoire. Bravo.
6: Thank you very much.
0: You know, Noah, I have to tell you that I looked up where Beals, Maine is. Ah, know, yes. your hometown and Oh, my gosh. For me, as a full-on city kid from Philadelphia, (laughs) I just think it's so cool that you live on an island way up the coast of Maine. But it makes sense given what your dad does, right?
6: Yes. My dad, in his high school years, loved being on the water and working on the water and being in nature. And he loved it Mm. so much, as a matter of fact, that he became a lobster fisherman. And so um, it is a marvelous, marvelous job.
0: Well, you yourself bring such a different color to the picture of the Carver family in rural Maine because you're a devoted classical singer. And what's more, you've excelled in music as a blind person. Now, did you grow up reading music in Braille?
6: Uh, No, I was very much learning by ear. I started really studying notation over the past few years as a high school student. Mm -hmm. Having access to Braille music is difficult, and so that's why a lot of blind musicians might not have the same access to music as their sighted counterparts.
0: Tell me, is Braille music a a recent invention?
6: No, Braille music uh, dates back to the creation of Braille. Louis Braille was also a musician, right. and so he also uh, created uh, Braille music notation, and it has survived through several iterations to the system we use today.
0: Wow, this it's fascinating. I want to get back for a second to your life in Maine, because sure. I know that you're an avid downhill skier, and I have to confess, Noah, that's A little bit terrifying to me to think about. I I suppose
6: I should explain how a blind person might, or or how I as a blind person, ski. Because there are Mm -hmm. several systems, I use one, where I have a guide skiing behind me, usually relatively close to me, who has a microphone. I have an earpiece in my ear, and they're calling out commands. And they're telling Mm. me what the terrain is in front of me so that I can ski independently. Mm.
0: Yeah, Noah, um, I think you're going to take that tenacity and it's going to just uh, really help you shine in your music career too. You talked a little bit about your dad, uh, but I know that the role that your mom has played in your life and in your achievements has also been really pivotal. Could you share how she's approached things with you?
6: Sure. So um, my parents learned that I was totally blind uh, at about eight months, I believe, and mm-hmm. at Boston Children's Hospital. And um, on the ride home, uh, my parents resolved that I would have the same opportunities and... Um, experiences as everyone else Mm. Um, and so my parents have been pivotal and my mom when I was five my mom quickly realized that the local school system just wasn't prepared to have a blind student And so she uh, applied at the school um, to work with me making course materials accessible. We have spent together hundreds of hours sitting at a desk or at a dining room table working on math, working on science, working on things that are graphical, that you teach Visually, she worked tirelessly to ensure that I would have the same access in my academics. And I am. Words cannot adequately express
7: Hmm.
6: how thankful I am to be my mom's son and my dad's son.
0: You know, I, I don't know your parents, but I guarantee you that they feel just as happy that, to be your parents. You know what I mean? And that they are just so tremendously proud of you. And um, you're an inspiration. And that performance was just gorgeous.
6: Well, thank you for this opportunity to perform and to uh, tell my story.
5: It's been a pleasure.
0: Noah Carver, 18 years old, from Beals, Maine.
5: Nine out of ten young musicians recommend watching Daily Joy videos every day to significantly improve the quality of one's life. These Daily Joy videos feature beautiful music performances by young artists, and you can sign up for the fun at fromthetop.org.
4: Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism, offering visitors information about the arts, culture, and history of Boston. The journey begins at visitma.com. From the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age.
5: From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. Coming up, we'll meet the teenage saxophone quartet that won last year's junior wind division of the Fish Off National Chamber Music Competition. Special thanks this week to Texas Public Radio for hosting our in-person recording at their Malou and Carlos Alvarez Theater. From the Top's host, pianist Peter Dugan, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt.
0: Our next young performer decided to bring us a tour de force piece for unaccompanied violin by the contemporary American composer Jesse Montgomery. Inspired by Bella Bartok, this piece is angular and haunting and just really thrilling in its range. 17-year-old violinist Amelia Canavo will be taking us on the journey. She's from Barnegat Light, New Jersey, and here she is performing Rhapsody No. 2 for violin by Jesse Montgomery. Violinist Amelia Canavo from Barnegat Light, New Jersey, performed Rhapsody No. 2 by Jesse Montgomery. Amelia is 17 years old, and wow, what a performance, Amelia. You brought that piece to life and just made it sparkle every step of the way. Great job. Thank you. Amelia, you live in a remote and beautiful spot. Tell me a little bit about your hometown.
8: So I live in Barnegat Light, New Jersey, which is at the northern tip of Long Beach Island. Um, it's a, it's a small town. It's about one and a half to two miles long. Um, Hmm. and my house is literally one block away from the beach.
0: Now tell me this, if I were to make a trip to Barnegat Light, what would be the perfect way for me to experience it, to really fall in love with the place? What do you think?
8: Hmm. My favorite time to be in Barnegat Light is during late spring between five and seven o'clock, and you're outside mm. and the sun is setting. And if you walk one way down the street, you will end up at the bay. And you know, the sky is just painted purple and orange, and it's just gorgeous.
0: But if you go the other way,
8: and if you, you go the, the other way, the you Atlantic got the Ocean, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're on
0: the beach. Wow, it's so magical. <laughs> But I'm guessing that there's not a ton of violin teachers or orchestras in Barnegat Light. Is that right?
8: Yeah, not that I'm aware of.
0: (laughs) Not that I'm aware of either. So what you do, you make the drive to Philadelphia, where I grew up, by the way, and you study at Temple University's music prep program or Temple Music Prep, which I read has really changed your life. Um, When you think about that prep program, are there any experiences that come to mind as being just big, uh, pivotal sort of moments for you?
8: When I first started at Temple Music Prep, I could barely read sheet music. Um, <laughs> wow. So it was, it's been quite a journey for me. Um, and it was the first time I ever played in an orchestra and then also my first time that I ever played in a string quartet, which mm. was really magical for me.
0: What do you feel is the essence of chamber music that you find most fulfilling?
8: Well, the music itself... I mean, there's so much amazing music out there. But I also think the connections that you make with the other musicians are really Mm. special. Um, It's like you sit down and you just start playing and it's almost like you have this immediate intimacy with the other players, Um, Even if you haven't really spoken that much, you just get to know each other so well just through playing music together. I think it's just a really special way of getting to know other people.
0: I agree. Immediate intimacy. I mean, that's so true. That's so true. Well, Amelia, one other thing that I'm really excited about today is to say that you're getting one of our Jack Kent Cook Young Artist Awards. How do you plan to use the grant money?
8: I plan to use it mostly for summer festivals, which I'm super excited about. So for this summer, I'm going to the first session at Castleman Quartet Program. Nice. And then a few weeks later, I'll be attending the second session at Bowdoin International Music Festival.
0: Congratulations. That's so wonderful. And especially for someone like you who adores playing chamber music, there's nothing like the summer festival environment to immerse yourself in that world and to build relationships with your future chamber music colleagues. Have a blast. Thank you. Emilia Canavo, 17 years old, from Barnegat Light, New Jersey.
5: The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. Just go to fromthetop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at fromthetop.org.
0: This is Peter Dugan, and when I spend time with the teenage chamber music groups that come on From the Top, it's always a wonderful reminder to me of just how fun playing chamber music can be and should be. And when you play chamber music in a teenage saxophone quartet, it's an especially raucous good time. We've got a great teenage sax quartet up next, the Aurelian Quartet from the Dallas area. These guys won this past year's junior win division of the Fischoff National Chamber Music Competition. They are Giancarlo Lay on soprano sax, Jaden Coleman on alto, Andrew George on tenor, and on baritone sax, we've got Adarsh Balleretti. They're performing Phantom Dance by Yasuke Fukuda.
7: Oh. Oh <laughs> no
0: That was Phantom Dance by Yosuke Fukuda, performed by the Aurelian Saxophone Quartet made up of teenagers from the Dallas area in Texas. Giancarlo Lay performed on soprano sax, and Giancarlo is actually an FTT alum. He wowed us two years ago when he performed on the program. On alto, we had Jaden Coleman, Andrew George was on tenor, and Adarsh Balireddy was keeping it all rooted on the barry sax. And with me to talk now a bit are Andrew and Adarsh you guys, not only did you provide the rhythmic engine to that performance, but also as the lower instruments, you brought so much warmth to that lyrical middle section. Bravo to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And the other two weren't bad either. (laughs) Now, before you played, I mentioned that you for won the junior win division of the past year's fish off competition. But what I did not mention is that you won it without a regular coach. And I also read that not having a coach was, uh, both challenging, but also freeing in a way. Can you guys talk a little bit about both of those sides of the no coach experience?
9: Um, I would definitely say that when you can have four people that all could just join together and, you know, play the music on their own and contribute our own artistic ideas to it um, then I feel like we can really be a lot more creative with you know how we actually play the music also
2: normally um, when I've had ensembles in which we worked with a coach the coach chose all the music from top to bottom we didn't have any choice in what we were playing but when it's just the four of us, we get to actively take, like, a part in, like, choosing what we want to play,
0: if, even if it's, like, a really obscure, like, random piece. What about the challenges that go with not having that coach there in, in the process?
2: I feel like when you don't have, like, one person mm-hmm. who's clearly in charge and clearly leading, like, the musical direction for the ensemble, it's harder to get, like, in the right musical direction.
9: I, I can definitely second that, um... There can be a little bit of
0: combativeness mm-hmm. um, in that regard. <laughs> right. Um, but Adarsh, I want to talk to you about another extraordinary thing, which is that you had the audacity to put together an arrangement for the quartet to play at the fish off competition. And not just any arrangement. You tackled Grieg's string quartet number one for the group. Uh, before we talk about it, let's just hear a bit of this famous opening movement. <laughs> This is stunning. Adarsh, this is a huge achievement. What were some of the considerations and challenges that you faced in moving the piece from its original string quartet form to sax quartet? So it was extremely hard
2: to uh, maintain the same character because uh, with the strings, obviously, you can play multiple notes at the same time. And that can lead to like a really like dense, like layered sound. Uh, especially in some of the climax moments, um, there were some octaves and s- some chords, and we had to choose between, do we keep this doubling of the octave, or do we like keep the whole chord? Right. There, we had to make a lot of really hard decisions, and I got a lot of help from our
0: uh, saxophone teacher, Mr. Smith. Mm-hmm. Andrew, were there any particular strategies that you pursued to adjust your sound on the horn?
9: Um, yes, for sure. I think almost every single rehearsal when we rehearsed the Grieg, Uh, we would pull up our favorite recordings of it and we would all listen to different parts that we wanted to make sound similar um, and just try our hardest to make those sound like almost identical. Like I remember we would spend an hour or two, like every rehearsal just on like that first hit um, and multiple parts where strings would do certain ritardandos and then pulling in to make these really impactful moments. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, it, (laughs) it It was a really cool experience trying to play something on saxophone that was meant for string instruments. And then when we actually pulled it off, it was just, oh, I need to stop getting goosebumps. Uh. So, and a lot of that is props to Adarsh, because he made such an amazing arrangement.
0: Yeah. And there is such a spirit of uh, ingenuity and risk-taking among the four of you. I want to conclude our conversation now with a bit more of Adarsh's Grieg arrangement. If you want to hear the whole performance, you can go to fromthetop.org for a link to the entire first movement. For now, Adarsh, Andrew, thank you so much for representing the quartet, for spending this time with us, for your great musicianship and for your great spirit of camaraderie. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Adarsh Reddy and Andrew George, members of the Teenage Aurelian Saxophone Quartet from Texas. ¶¶ Well, as we discussed, the Aurelian Quartet won the junior win division of the Fischoff National Chamber Music Competition, and actually for 20 years, From the Top has featured the winners of Fischoff. Back in From the Top's first year, the year 2000, the Capriccio String Quartet won it. So to take us out of the program as a flashback finale, I want to share that performance from our archives. You'll hear their beautifully textured performance, of the first movement of Maurice Ravel's String Quartet in F. The performers are violinists Christina McGann and her sister Anna McGann, violist Nadia Sirota, and cellist Elizabeth Lara. I want to thank all the young performers we've met today, not only for sharing their music, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening while tooling around in the Prius or making a snack, or just hanging out on the back deck catching rays. Thanks for being here. I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Please join me next week. And now the Capriccio Quartet plays Rivelle.
5: From the Top is produced by Tim Banker and music director Megan Swan. Sound design and editing by John Escobar. Our production manager is Matt Dykman. From the Top's executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. Special thanks this week to Nathan Cohn at Texas Public Radio. Additional engineering assistance by Sean Svadlanok at Turtle Studios in Philadelphia. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to apply in our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov.
4: Support for NPR comes from this station and from senior helpers, providing families with personalized in-home care for seniors and those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's, committed to helping loved ones remain safe and independent at home at seniorhelpers.com. from Jarl and Pamela moan, thanking the people who make public radio great every day and also those who listen and from the William T grant foundation at WT grant foundation.org.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while from the top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.